Launching a new age of human spaceflight in the United States, Elon Musk's SpaceX can officially consider itself the first ever company to send humans into space on a commercial spacecraft. So, without further ado, welcome. You're part of the new era of space travel. As a member of the human race, SpaceX's historic rocket launch could mean big things for you. After all, according to Elon Musk, human spaceflight was the reason SpaceX was created. On Saturday, May 30th at 3.22 p.m. Eastern Time, history was made when SpaceX successfully launched the Crew Dragon capsule carrying NASA astronauts Bob Behnken and Doug Hurley, the first two people ever to fly in a SpaceX vehicle. And, just like that, a new era of American space travel took flight. In the same moment Elon Musk had been working toward for over a decade, the launch revolutionized the American space program and made traveling to the stars seem just within reach. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. In this special episode of the Abstract, we recap SpaceX's historic mission of the first crewed spaceflight to take off from U.S. soil in nearly a decade. For many Americans, Hurley's and Behnken's success into orbit on SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket changed everything. Revving up the United States space program, the trend Launch America became the hashtag of the week at a time when we needed it the most. Marking the end of a nine-year period in which the U.S. had to rely on Russia to send astronauts to space, SpaceX's success proved America is back in business and headed for the stars. As 2020 continues to be a year that tests American resilience, perhaps Elon Musk put it best when he said, this is a fundamentally positive good thing, and I think we need more good things in this world. This is The Abstract, a look at the latest scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. Three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff of the Falcon 9 and Crew Dragon. Go NASA, go SpaceX, Godspeed, bottom dog. At precisely 3.22 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday, May 30th, 2020, a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket carrying a SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule with astronauts Bob Behnken and Doug Hurley inside took off from NASA's historic Kennedy Space Center, headed for the International Space Station. Joining the rest of the crew at 1.02 p.m. Eastern Time Sunday, it was the first time that NASA astronauts had reached the station from a commercial spacecraft. Falcon 9 first stage has successfully landed. And there you can see on your screen, Falcon 9 has landed. This is the first Falcon 9 to carry humans to orbit, so very exciting for us. On board the ISS Monday, Bankin and Hurley spoke with reporters about what it was like to fly on the SpaceX Crew Dragon spacecraft, which they named... Endeavor. Welcome aboard, Dragon. Uh, my name is Doug. Next to me is uh, Bob. You probably know him. Without further ado, we would like to uh, welcome you aboard Capsule Endeavor. Uh, we chose Endeavor for a few reasons. One, because of this incredible Endeavor uh NASA, SpaceX, and the United States has been on uh, since the end of the shuttle program back in 2011. The other reason we named it uh, Endeavor is a little more personal to Bob and I. Uh, we both had our first flights on shuttle Endeavor, and uh, it just meant so much to us to carry on that name. Uh, that's what we decided to go with. So we hope you enjoy that name, and once again, welcome on board. SpaceX's Crew Dragon is the accumulation of years of work with the NASA Commercial Crew Program made essentially to send humans to and from the space station from the United States. 
It's a project that also paves the way for its more ambitious plans, like a city on Mars. As the first astronauts to fly into space through a private company's rockets, they mark a new era for spaceflight with this mission, known as the Demo-2, bringing us closer to the future of space travel. Here's Elon Musk addressing this passion at a post-launch press conference. Life becoming multiplanetary for the first time in the four and a half billion year history of Earth. I think this is hopefully the first step on that journey. Um, it will require a, a tremendous amount of innovation and technology development to make going to orbit and ultimately beyond orbit a routine matter where thousands and perhaps ultimately millions of people can travel to other planets. That's, that's what we really need to achieve over time. We're, and and that, that's, that's obviously a very difficult goal, but that's, um, so that's seeming increasingly real. The success of the program also brings manned spaceflight back to the United States, ending one of the quirks of NASA's recent operations and putting America back in the space launching game at a time when we needed a win the most. Here to talk more about the success of the history-making launch and what it means for the future of space travel is Inverse's Mike Brown. Hey, Mike. Hey, how are you doing? All right. Good. So the success of this launch was a real high point and some rare good news amid some turbulent times. It's being heralded as this very successful mission, but um, what played out to make this a success? You know, we're able to chat about it casually after the fact, but a lot went into this casual chat we're having, Mike. Well, I think it uh, took a long time to get here. It was back in 2014 that NASA first chose SpaceX and Boeing for this uh, commercial crew program. And even as late as September last year, uh, we had the NASA administrator subtly complaining that uh, SpaceX was focusing too much on things like uh, Starship and uh, the Future Man mission. So uh, this, this launch, it's a really lovely sort of turnaround and uh, just shows how far the project has come. And yeah, as as, uh, as you say, it's uh, about the uh, sort of strange situation we find ourselves in right now. I mean, you think about a launch like this, you'd normally have, uh, you know, queues of people lining up to uh, see the rocket launch from the uh, Space Centre. That wasn't taking place this time because of the uh, pandemic. So it was a, a slightly different mood. But, you know, Musk was saying in the uh, press conference afterwards that, you know, maybe this is an event that everyone can get excited about. You know, it's a, it's a positive, good thing. And uh, maybe we need some more good things in the world. I, th I think there's something to be said for that. Again, no easy task. And, you know, we all saw the launch. We were all excited by it. But what happens after liftoff to make this a successful launch that it was? Yeah, well, the, the funny thing was, was uh, the two astronauts, uh, Bob Duncan and Doug Hurley, had been training to uh, take over the Crew Dragon capsule just in case anything went wrong. And a lot of SpaceX's development went into making sure that if the launch didn't go successfully, the Crew Dragon's boosters could push away from the rocket and uh, make an exit. So the, uh, the capsule didn't need to uh, escape from the rocket. That went absolutely fine. Um, it, you know, it launched off towards the International Space Station uh, and then disconnected from the booster. The booster then returned to Earth. Um, you, you see these uh, lovely visuals of uh, the rocket reusing process. That's a very key part of SpaceX's uh, uh, cost-saving measures. Um, and then as it approached the uh, International Space Station the following day, Crew Dragon actually uh, autonomously 
made its way towards the station and uh, the docking process was uh, seamless. Hurley was waiting to take over just in case and uh, SpaceX released this uh, simulation where people could try out at home for themselves the docking process. So, uh, you know, if there was anything that went wrong, uh, you can like adjust the pitch, your roll and your positioning, uh, kind of slow it down. None of that was necessary in the end. That was totally fine. It was all autonomous. Um, so if anything, uh, one of the remarkable things about what happened during this process was what didn't happen. It was all autonomous. One of the biggest deals is that this program brings manned spaceflight back to the United States. Can you talk a bit about how NASA's recent operations have been a bit weird? Yeah, this is one of the strange quirks of uh, NASA's operations. Since they stopped the uh, space shuttle program back in uh, 2011, um, and Doug Hurley was one of the astronauts on that final space shuttle mission, um, ever since that point, they've been uh, sending astronauts to uh, the Cosmodrome in Kazakhstan, operated by Russian space agency uh, Roscosmos. NASA astronauts were using Soyuz rockets. NASA was renting these seats at about $80 million each. So they were essentially sending uh, astronauts halfway across the world, uh, putting them on these rockets just to get to the International Space Station and complete all these different missions they were doing. So, you know, it was... uh, you know, you, you can see uh, on the surface level, it's obviously a very inefficient way of doing things. You know, the Crew Dragon obviously brings things a lot closer to home and makes things a lot more convenient. And this opens the door to a new era that we're calling it of space travel, where commercial companies will play this bigger role. How do you see this changing things? How big a deal is this specifically for space travel? Yeah, I think absolutely. Uh, we, we see what's going on with SpaceX and other firms like Blue Origin, Virgin Orbit, Rocket Lab. All of these firms are uh, playing a big role in uh, the future of space travel. And when we interviewed uh, Doug Hurley uh, last month, he said that, you know, to get to Mars and do these other big projects like, uh, you know, the Artemis project, when we move towards the moon, you need the involvement of uh, not just national agencies like we saw in the 60s, but you know, it's also going to be uh, private companies and there's going to be international cooperation. You know, it's, it's having this sort of uh, multifaceted approach to how we get people into space where uh, everyone's sort of contributing their own, uh, you know, the, their unique abilities and uh, special technologies. So the length of stay is still a bit unclear. So how will that get determined? And, you know, ultimately, how does this mission successfully play out? So one of the uh, uh, questions that they're currently going to be working out is uh, the state of the Crew Dragon as it stands. Um, So once they've established that and uh, they've kind of worked out a more concrete plan, uh, it could be anywhere between uh, one month to four months that they stay at the space station. Um, And then they'll return back. And it's important to bear in mind that this was still a test mission. The first uh, non-test mission will be... uh, potentially sometime later this year, unless there's delays on that front. That will send up uh, three NASA astronauts and uh, one from Japan Space Agency. So presumably, uh, as time goes on, it'll become a a bit clearer, like the uh, how these missions sort of pan out. Um, As I say, this was the uh, first test mission. So far, it seems to have been a success. Mike covers all things Crew Dragon, Elon Musk, and everything in between at Inverse.com. Head there for more. Mike, thanks so much. Thank you very much.
Head to Inverse.com to read more about everything on the historical Crew Dragon mission. You can click on the link in the show notes for that story and everything else we talked about today. If you agree that science and facts matter more than ever, give us a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find The Abstract and other podcasts like it. New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and more original reporting on science, innovation, culture, and entertainment at Inverse.com. Look for The Abstract Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening.